Somebody just pray. Lord, I need your help. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. The whole day that is the prayer that the Lord laid on my heart for the church. That the Lord will help us. The other day the king said, if the Lord does not help you, where can I generate help from? Lord, that you help us in our walk with you in every facet of our lives. Talk to the Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come. I It's not just songs that we are singing, we are praying. I find my rest without you. I fall apart.
41 verse 10. Thus saith the Lord. This is a word the Lord gave me for you. Isaiah 41 from verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yay! I will help you. And I will uphold you with my right hand. The right hand of my righteousness. And then he said, Behold, all they that were incensed against you shall be put to shame. They shall be confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and you shall not find them. Even those that contend with you and they that war against you, they shall be as nothing, as a thing that has never existed. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. And I am saying unto you, fear not, for I will help you. Fear not, for I will help you. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Doesn't matter what you have heard. Doesn't matter what you have seen. Doesn't matter who is going ahead. Doesn't matter who is running far. Fear not. For my promises are yea and amen. I don't break on my promises. I don't break on my covenant. I, the Lord, I will lift you up high. You shall not be ashamed. I said you shall not be ashamed. I said you shall not be ashamed. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you hear. Don't be afraid of what you see. Don't be afraid of what you feel. For I am your help. Your ever-present help. In times of need, I will not fail you. I will not disappoint you. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Eternal Father, unto you be all the glory and all the honor. Unto you be all the adoration. Unto you be all the honor. Lord, when you speak, an expiry date is cast on the activities of the enemy. I don't know, Lord, what anybody is going through, but you know us. You know where we need help. Sometimes in the places that we think we need help, it's not even the places that we need help. And that is why tonight, all our prayer has been that you will help us. And Lord, indeed, you have confirmed that you are our ever-present help. You said we should fear not. For you will, not dis- you will not disappoint us. And we will not be ashamed. Nor dismayed. You have even told us. That they that are incensed against us. All the situations and the circumstances. Incensed against us. Shall be as nothing. Lord we believe. And Lord we receive. Lord we believe. Lord we receive. Father we believe. Father we receive. 
in the mighty name of Jesus somebody begin to bless the name of the Lord and take your seat Take Shake hands with somebody and say, Your God is able. Come on, shake hands with another person and say, Your God is able. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to Jesus. Somebody make some joyful noise in the presence of the Lord. The word of the Lord is so expressed. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. All glory be unto your name. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, O Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. How many of us feel so blessed to be in church tonight? Yeah, hallelujah. I am excited because of what God is going to do in our lives after today. Hallelujah. We want to celebrate all those online. We want to thank God for all our lives. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to talk briefly on the second pillar of the Great Commission. We started on Wednesday. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you from now to the end of the month, be very active in everything that we are doing. I'm telling you, there is a wave. You see, I saw something like the wave of a sea. You know, there is a wave that is blowing. Now, I don't want you to take yourself. Now, this is what the Lord showed me and this is what the Lord told me. You know, people who surf, S-U-R-F, okay, when they are surfing or they are gliding, they glide on the strength of the waves. And when I saw the waves, the Lord told me that I'm bringing some waves and I want my people just to position themselves to glide. Yeah. So there is going to be a gliding, you know, without, without much effort, you know, but people will be getting into certain things and certain things will be happening, you know. And uh, from now to the end of the month, I want you to be very circumspect and very sensitive and especially be very active in the things that we will be doing. Now, that brings me to um, the prayers and fasting, the emergency prayers and fasting that we'll be doing from next week, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, five days of emergency prayers and fasting. Listen, you will not die. Jesus said, man must not live by bread alone. You see, listen, in Matthew, God bless you for that powerful flyer. First lady made it. God bless you. All the flyers, yes, she made them. We thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Yeah, she made this one. She made the pastor's appreciation one and many others. Now, Matthew 17, 21. Look at Matthew 17 and 21. You see, Matthew... And my duty, I told you last week, I told you last week, Wednesday, that my duty is to be the chef and to cook the food that the Lord will give. 
But if the food is given to you and you don't eat, you'll be hungry. You see? And one of the greatest blessings you can get, ladies and gentlemen, is to have a shepherd who will hear what God is saying and defy all protocols. I'm telling you. You see? And that is what we... That is why you see the many testimonies and you hear the many miracles. Because if God speaks, if God speaks, it doesn't matter what we have put in place. We will break it and do what God is saying. Because he knows better than us. And he said, engage. We're, we're at the other side having prayers on a Friday night. And the Lord began speaking. We we're not so many, but it was so powerful. So powerful. And the Lord began speaking. And he said, Take the church through an emergency prayers and fasting. Five days. 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th. That is five days. And from that Monday all the way to the Friday, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. And Jesus said, this kind, there is a kind in our lives. There, is, there will always be a certain kind in our lives that will never go out but by prayer and fasting but by prayer and fasting. You know, you read in the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 2, Bible says that as they fasted, as they ministered to the Lord and they fasted, then the Holy Ghost said, you see, separate me. Separation comes as a result of prayers and fasting. As they ministered to the Lord and they fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separate me. There are certain things that God will be separated in order for our lives to advance. And ladies and gentlemen, they will not come just by eating and drinking. They come on the platform of praying and fasting. And so these five days, because some of us, you see, I am believing God for a certain miracle for you. Don't you know that you are a reflection of the grace of God upon my life? Oh, Listen, every, congreg- every congregant is a reflection of the grace of God upon the lead pastor. Yeah, I'm telling you. Paul said that you are partakers of my grace. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. And so, my heartfelt desire, one of the things that break me and that hurt me is when I hear bad report about people, especially around me. That this thing has happened to that person. That thing has happened to that person. That, I, I, that person is not feeling well. Sometimes I go to God. I say, Lord, is it possible that I can handle this devil? And then you let this person be free. Let me just handle this devil. Because I believe that I can handle this devil. You see? But then, that is my heart. So when the Lord gives an instruction, ladies and gentlemen, put yourself in it. Don't say that it is the church that is doing it. Put yourself in it. That is why this second pillar that I'm talking about is very, very important. Because the second pillar of the Great Commission is the pillar of discipleship. That is why we come to church. We come to church to be discipled. Now, to be discipled means to, 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 to bring the believer to a state of maturity and stature through the teaching ministry that they may understand the principles of the kingdom in order to take charge. You see? When we bring when we bring the believer to a state of a state of maturity and stature, stature, you know, a state of maturity and stature through the teaching ministry, so that they will be equipped with the principles of the kingdom to take charge. That is what the second pillar of the Great Commission is. We started talking from last week, and then we said that the Great Commission. You want me to say it again? Praise the name of Jesus. I said, well, discipleship. Um, 
it is the it is the art let me you want me to say i'll say it in a way that you will not forget listen and listen again you will put the words in it is it, it it is the art of you know mentoring okay the believer or bringing the believer to a place of maturity and stature stature s-t-a-t-u-r-e to a place of maturity and stature through the teaching ministry to understand and be equipped with the principles of the kingdom because the kingdom has principles to be to be equipped and empowered with the principles of the kingdom to take charge you know when we bring the believer to a place of you know uh, maturity and stature through the teaching ministry through the teaching ministry that is why you read the book of matthew 4 23 and bible said that jesus went about preaching the gospel and teaching in their synagogues you want me to say it again how many times (laughs) all right so discipleship is the art of mentoring the believer okay it is an art a-r-t is an art the art of mentoring the believer you know, or, or, or helping the believer or, or bringing the believer to a state of maturity and stature, you know, through the teaching ministry to equip and empower them with the principles of the kingdom to take charge. Without the principles of the kingdom, we can't take charge. You see, that is why we don't just go out to preach. If you need it again, this one, I promise you listen to it on the podcast. I won't repeat it. <laughs> Hallelujah as the art <laughs> the art of mentoring or helping or bringing up or you know empowering the believer to a state of maturity and stature uh-huh, through the teaching ministry to be equipped and empowered with the principles of the kingdom to take charge they're so powerful isn't it the holy spirit dictated it hallelujah yeah you see so that we can take charge nobody can take charge without empowerment it is the art of discipleship that brings empowerment so matthew 4 23 jesus did these two things you see what did jesus do he went about all galilee teaching in their synagogues this is the purpose of the church the church is supposed to be a place of teaching so that the members or the the, the people, the believers because you can't have the believers and just leave them outside. No. You got to bring them in and then when you bring them in, they are equipped and they are empowered through the teaching ministry because look at that. Bible said that Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues and then preaching the gospel. So when it comes to the gospel we preach it. We preach the gospel of the kingdom and then those that will believe we bring them in and then we help them to understand the principles of the kingdom to take charge. Because the gospel deals with your heart and with your spirit for conviction and recovery. But the teaching ministry deals with your mind for renewal, for transformation. You see, it is the teaching ministry that transforms our mind. It brings renewal into our mind. Without renewal, you cannot be transformed. So you read in the book of um, Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And he said that, be ye trans- in fact, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 talks about both the preaching 
and the teaching. He started and then he said, I beseech you therefore by the brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You can't present your body a living sacrifice except you have already been convicted by the Holy Spirit. So, the preaching of the gospel brings the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Remember, I said that the preaching of the gospel has to do with your spirit and with your heart. When your spirit and your heart, your heart is convicted and then it brings recovery of your spirit. And then we bring you in and then we teach you. And verse number two says that, do not be conformed to the standard of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. So as discipleship goes on, there is renewal of the mind. There is renewal of the mind. The mind, when people come in, ladies and gentlemen, they come in with all manner of brokenness. They come in with all manner of attitude. They come in from all manner of background. So it is the teaching ministry. Here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. That brings us to a state of maturity. And now God can depend on us. Because anything that is empowered without you know, when, when, when you, uh, it's like a child, when you empower something or when you empower somebody without knowledge, it is only a recipe for casualty. Yeah, it's only a recipe for casualty. So, what the teaching ministry or what discipleship is about is that when we bring in the harvest, that is why we don't leave the harvest outside. You see, we want to understand the full tenet of the Great Commission. Now, I told you that the first pillar of the Great Commission is to go out there and preach. When we preach, that is why when we go out there and we are preaching, we don't deal with the doctrines. We don't deal with the things of the kingdom. They don't understand it. The person is not even in the kingdom. You got to bring in the person into the kingdom first. If the door is not open for the person to enter, how does the person get a chair to sit on? So, we, we go out there. That is why sometimes, me personally, if I go out there, except the person is a Christian or, you know, and then I will use scriptures. You know, otherwise I use story, I use my life, I use testimonies. Because the person must come in and it is our story that will convict them. And then when they now come in, now we take time and then we begin to teach them through the scriptures. So Jesus, can you give that one also to me again? You know. The, 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 the Matthew chapter 4 and then the verse number 23. You see? So it is the teaching ministry. Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues, in the churches. That's why here we spend, here if anything is longer, it is the word. Nothing can be longer than the, the preaching or the teaching of the word in this house. Because it is what makes us acceptable can I toggle between this and then the Romans chapter 12 verse 2? Now look at the verse 2. Look at verse number 2 again. He said, and then he said, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see? And perfect will of God. So in order for us to know what is the acceptable will of God, what is the perfect will of God, what is the good will of God, it must be as a result of the renewing of your mind. But our rene the renewing of your mind is a product of discipleship. And there can never be transformation in any area of your life except you first of all renew your mind about that area of your life. Praise the blessed and mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So until these things are done, the great commission is incomplete. 
The great commission is not just only going out to preach. No. And the great commission is not only also raising disciples. That is why if we raise disciples and the disciples do not go out to preach, the great commission is killed. In fact, I told you that there are four pillars of the great commission, right? Now, the first one, I said, it is in the preaching of the gospel. You, and, and those of you, for the sake of those who were not here last week, you can write the scripture down. Mark 16 from verse 15 to 20, Jesus said, go ye into all the world. He gave us our audience. He gave us the message. He said, go ye into all the world. And pre- Mark, Mark, sorry, Mark chapter 16 and then verse 15 to 20. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So he gave us the message. He gave us the audience. In fact, he even gave us, he even gave us um, so he gave us the message he gave us the audience and then he told us what to do he said when you go preach it preach it means declare it preaching it is not the same as teaching it when you are teaching something it is line upon line you break it into soluble factors for people to understand but when you are preaching you are declaring like the way Jonah went to Nineveh and then he was just on the street three days Nineveh will be destroyed he was just declaring three days Three days, Jesus came to die for you. Jesus changed my life. He can change your life. We preach it. We preach it. And he said that, and look at verse number 16. And all them that believe, he said, go and preach unto them. And he that believeth. So it is the preaching that brings the conviction, the recovery, and the believing. Now, when we have thus done this, then we have to bring them in. That brings us to the second, listen, that brings us to the second but listen before i even go back there let me say this listen whenever you see anybody the eyes with which you see them will determine how you relate with them hello is somebody hearing me yeah the eyes with that is why jesus when he lifted up his eyes in matthew chapter 9 bible said that he saw them as a sheep without flock i mean as a flock without a shepherd and he said that Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he might send in more. That is Matthew 9, 36 all the way to 38. He said, he lifted up his eyes. He said, the harvest is ready. You know, how you see people will determine whether you'll be able to give them the message or not. If you see people in the eyes of friends, you may cushion them to hell. If you see everybody, your son, your wife, your daughter, your husband, your friend, see them in the eyes of candidate of harvest. How you see people will determine how you relate with them. Yeah. How you see somebody will determine how you relate with them. So when you go out there, anywhere you are, in your classroom, at your workplace, you sit in the aeroplane. I sit in the aircraft and I'm waiting, except you are not sitting by me. You sit by me, I'll talk to you about Jesus. Because I will provoke a conversation that will let you ask what I do. The moment you, I tell you what I do, I must follow with an action. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you with me? You see, so it must be, you must, because anybody I see, I don't know where you are coming from. We all ended up in this flight. When we depart, I'm never going to see you again. And I don't know whether you make it to heaven or to hell. But I can bargain for your soul. And by bargaining for your soul, I just have to tell you the truth. That is all. If you if you are offended, when we get there, everybody goes his way. But it is it will definitely work in your life. 
Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? So, Jesus said, see everybody in the eyes of a harvest. That is why I, every now and then, I do altar call. Even if there are no new people here, I do altar call. Because you may never know. The fact that the person is in the boat doesn't mean that the person is part of the crew. So we may never know. But we are recruiting more crew members. So every now and then, we got to be sure. We got to make sure. You see? And then the second thing is that then we disciple them. We bring them in. And I said that the third disciple is to, I mean, the third, um, the third pillar or the third column is to do what? Is to represent God. Hallelujah. I'm just mentioning it for the sake of those who are not here. Is to represent God. Amen. Let me just go back there and then get it for us. And then the fourth one is what? To be his real time witnesses. Okay. God bless you for helping us. Let me just continue from there then. Hallelujah. So, in discipleship, ladies and gentlemen... Please understand this. Um, In discipleship, without discipleship, there is no way the believer can have any hope of growing. Without discipleship. You see, that is why it is not enough to only believe. It is important to be discipled. And there are two kinds of discipleship. We have the general discipleship and we have the personal discipleship. Yeah. A general discipleship is when we belong to a church like this. But inside the church, you must have a disciple. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, who, what do I mean by a disciple? You must have somebody that you are gradually growing. So, you see, you become, you become a Paul and at the same time a Timothy. You know, Timothy was the son of Paul, right? The spiritual son of Paul. So, you become a Paul to somebody who you have invited into the Lord, you are helping. That is why you don't just bring the people and then you dump them in the church. No, follow them up. Follow them up. When we go out or you get somebody, you speak to somebody in your private conversation or whatever, follow them up. You see, you are discipling them on a one-on-one note. Yeah, because look at Jesus. He did that. Jesus had the disciples and then Jesus had the church. That he used to go and then preach. Called the synagogue. But then he had the disciples. That sometimes he would tell them. Sit down. And then when all the people are left. Then he begin to tell them things. One day Jesus preached a message. And he spoke about the parable of the sower. When all the people had left. The, the, the disciples now came and they said. What is the meaning of this? And he began to explain. He said unto you is given. To know the mysteries of the kingdom. So when it comes to general discipleship. The church will do that. The pastor will do that. The various departmental leaders will do that. But then when it comes to personal discipleship, anybody that you have invited into the law, when you read the book of Luke chapter 10, and then verse number 30 to 35, in Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 35, we usually call it the story of the good Samaritan. Now, I'm just taking this latter part. Jesus answering said, a certain man went down to Jerusalem. Sorry, from Jerusalem to Jericho. Fell among thieves. Which stripped him of his raiment. Wounded him. This is what the enemy does. You see, Bible said that he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, Bible said that when the person left Jerusalem, 
the presence of the Lord into Jericho, into the world. He fell amongst thieves. And they stripped him of his raiment. The first thing the enemy takes from anybody that is not born again is their raiment, is their covering, is their identity. That is why I keep on telling you that the world is suffering from identity crisis. He will take off your identity. He will take off your garment. He will take off your protection. And then wounded the person. Now, the person will be walking around offended in God, offended in people, you know, and departed, leaving him half dead. The reason why we must get to them so quick and so soon is that anybody that you see on the street who is not born again is already half dead. Yeah, they are half dead. It's just a matter of time. When they drop dead, they are fully dead. God, we will never find them again. They have that. And the Bible says in verse number 31, now look at verse 31. There came by down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on on the other side. These are people that are legalistic and people, you know, that don't want to. They, 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 the people that usually say, you know, yeah, um, well, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to fall my faith on other people. I don't want to impress my faith on other people. He was a priest. He knew what he, he had to do. But he said, I don't want to infringe upon his right. Well, I don't know why he's lying down. Meanwhile, he went to see him. In other words, he know his spiritual standing. Yet, he says that I don't want to be bothered about him. Sometimes you see people in your workplace and you go like, you know, yeah, no, no, I don't want to do this. If I do it, they will say that I'm being too spiritual. You're not being too spiritual. I, in, fa- in fact, as a matter of fact, you are being like the priest who saw the man but passed by on the other side. And then another one came. The other one that came is a philanthropist. Look at verse number 32. The Bible said, Levite, a good man, somebody who can do good. He said, you know, yeah, ask for me, you know, I, 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 I can help people with, if they need if they need food, I'll buy it for them. If they need clothes, I'll buy it for them. But I don't want to uh, push my faith on them. Listen, anything that you do in the name of the Lord, let it end in the salvation of the Lord. Yeah. Anything that you do in the name of the Lord. They are all tools that the Lord has given you and I as a recovery tool. You know, he also passed by. He said, ask for me where I give money, I I buy food and all that, but to help you. And then verse number 33 to 35, which is very important to me. And then a certain Samaritan, you see, the Samaritan knows his background. He knows where he was. He knows where she was. He knows how the Lord has been merciful to her. He knows how the Lord has been merciful to him. How the Lord saved him. So he can't keep quiet. The Samaritan is like the madman of Gadaria. Who knew that I was mad and the Lord had mercy on me? I can't keep quiet. Praise the name of Jesus. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him. Do you know why he had compassion on him? Because he had been, he had received compassion on his own. When you know where you are coming from, how you used to blow weed, how you used to dangle your head. How you used to be very, 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 very dangerous. When you appear, hey! I will end there. Praise the name of Jesus. He had compassion on him because he knew that he could have been the one in that position. And then the next verse, verse 34 says that, then he went to him 
And then look at, this is what the whole of the month we have been doing. When we go out there, what we go to do is that we go to the people and then we bound up their wounds. That is why sometimes you are speaking to them and they are shedding tears. And then they are, they are touched. Because you are touching a certain wound in their lives. You are making them know that they have need of something that what they are chasing cannot satisfy. You see? And then poured oil. So when we go, now look at the two things that bring the people in. The first one is the oil. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. The wine represents the blood of Jesus for their cleansing. So the Holy Spirit convict them. And then the blood of Jesus sanctify them. But don't leave them there. When they receive, even if they receive Jesus, they don't leave them there. Bible said that, and then when he finished, he set him on his own beast and brought him into the inn. The church is a spiritual inn. You can't leave the people out there. Do you know why you can't leave them out there? Because they will die again. They will die again. You see? Brought him into the inn, took care of him. This is where personal mentorship comes in. You text them, check on them. Hey, sister, brother, how are you? I, I, I was the one that spoke to you last Sunday. And I'm just checking up on you. I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter what is going on. You have a friend in me. You have a family in Holy Hill Chapel. We care about you. We are praying for you, blah, blah, blah. And then you begin, you ask him, can I pray for you? You see, look at that. Of him, this is mentorship, this is discipleship. Took care of him now. Verse number 35. Verse the next verse, verse 35 says that. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host. That is why when we come to church, we pay tithe and offering. Because we have to give pence. You don't like that one, but I didn't write the Bible, sister. <laughs> took out two pence, gave them to the host, the pastor, and said, Man of God. Take care of him. Take care of the church. Take care of... And whatsoever you spend, when we come next Sunday, we will give another offering. Praise the name of Jesus. I will repay thee. That is just by the way. You see, so this is what discipleship is about. This is what discipleship is about. If we don't go out and bring in the people, ladies and gentlemen, there will be no hope of maturity and stature to the believer. The great commission in totality, ladies and gentlemen, is accomplished when we do these four things. Now, what will become the benefit of it? Or why must we disciple believers? Now, please write these points quickly down. Or in other words, what does discipleship do? When we mentor people into maturity. Is somebody following me? You see? These are the things that we got to understand in order. Don't just be a member of a church without knowing what the church is. Listen, at the church, the body of Christ, which is made up of you and I, our number one agenda is the Great Commission. That is why I'm teaching it. Any other thing is additives. You know, what is the, what is the, the main ingredient for chicken soup? Sir, you am, uh, uh, huh. It's what? Why? Because it is chicken soup. So the main ingredient must be chicken soup. The main ingredient of the church is the Great Commission. There are pepper, pepper and then, you know, paprika and all those things that you can add. Yeah, you know, all those things are added. They are needed, you know. Fall in love with Jesus is needed. Hallelujah. You know, uh, birthday celebration is needed. It's part of it. They, all those things only garnish it. But without them, 
the, 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 the church will still function if it has the main ingredient of soul winning. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? Now, so, these four things are the reasons why we must do discipleship. Number one, it is true discipleship that capacity is built for the believer. It's very, very important. It is through discipleship via that capacity is built. Without discipleship, and you see, when I talk of capacity, I'm talking about the ability to adapt to the challenges of life. Yeah, sometimes people think that, oh, when you come to the Lord, the moment you come to the Lord, this and that and that, you are going to glide higher and higher and higher. So when they are confronted with an issue, it is through discipleship that the believer comes to know. That no matter the challenge that comes your way, Proverbs 24 verse 10 says that if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It is through capacity building. It is through teaching that the church will come to know that, listen, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It is through discipleship that the church will come to understand that when you are a believer, you are the number one target of the devil. So when the enemy checks in on you, you don't run, you don't go, you don't bow down, you stand. It is through discipleship that we become agile, we become solid, we become robust. Praise the name of Jesus. It is through discipleship. It is true discipleship. Psalm 84 and verse 7. He said, they go from strength to strength, each one of them. So every time we come line upon line through discipleship, we are growing from strength to strength. Every one of us. Every one of us. Now let me ask a a very common question. How many of you, being honest to yourself, see that for the couple of times that you have been here, at least there is a word or two that has changed your mind about something that you used to be afraid of, but today you are not afraid of it. Let me, yeah, you see? Now, so it is through discipleship that you come to the place of knowing that, ah, I must determine what must happen. I am the thermostat. I am not the thermometer. It is through discipleship. It is through discipleship that you know that what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You don't go about saying that, Lord, please bind Satan for me. Bind Satan. No, it is a wrong prayer. Don't pray that prayer. Lord, please bind Satan for me. Bind. No. Bible says it is what you bind on earth. You take authority in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit of the devil. I bind your works in Jesus' name. And I cast you into the abyss. Heaven say approved. Heaven doesn't bother itself with, listen, heaven doesn't bother itself with things that it had commanded you to do or entrusted you to do. Otherwise, heaven will be sabotaging your authority. If heaven does what, if God does what he has told you to do, coach, he is sabotaging your authority. Yeah. Even as a human being, when your boss gives you an assignment, and then the next moment, your boss comes. And the same thing that your boss has told you to do, he's telling other people, do it, do it. You feel like, boss, then why did you appoint me? Will you not feel like that? Yeah. So if you are there, and then heaven, everything, heaven, everything, heaven, everything, heaven. He has already empowered you. The Lord wants to use you to disgrace the devil. Ah, don't you understand that? The, the Lord wants to use you with even your some awareness to surprise the devil. That is what the devil doesn't understand. 
And that is why the angels, and remember, demons are fallen angels. The same way the angels ask the Lord, who is man that you are so mindful of? Who is man that you are so careful of? Demons are also asking, ah, what is these people cry that this man is so careful of? So whatever God, and it is through discipleship that we know these things. It is through discipleship. So sometimes you are crying and then heaven is watching you cry. Sometimes you are dying and heaven is preparing a place for you. Even though it is not your time. Even though it is not your time, they will still prepare a place for you. Because maybe you want to come home. Jesus met, Jesus met blind Bartimaeus. Everybody knew that this man was blind. Then Jesus said, what do you want? What question are you asking Jesus? Because heaven validates what we desire. And what we ask according to his will. And it is through discipleship. That is why you don't have to avoid. Some people will say that, well, you know, the church is just an association of people. The church is not an association of people. It is a gathering of people to be empowered and to be groomed. To take over. To take over. To take over. To take over. Jesus walked with the disciples for three and a half years, Desiree, and imparted them one day. Three and a half years, he was teaching them. He would go preaching. He would preach with them. He was teaching them. When he left, he said, wait until you are empowered. And the empowerment happened one day. But the teaching took three and a half years. Because when you empower somebody without a renewed mind, it is a casualty recipe. You have only created a mess that you can't handle tomorrow. Praise the name of Jesus. So, the first reason why we got to understand, when you go out there, don't just leave the people there. Invite them in. Uh, it will not be like I'm preaching at one day. A certain lady told me. He said, oh, when you go, you just preach and leave. I said, no, 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 no. That is not scriptural. We don't preach and leave the people. You preach and you direct them somewhere. Yeah. Direct them somewhere. That always direct them somewhere. What did Jesus say in, 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 in uh, um, Luke chapter 14, I think verse 23 or so. He said that, go and compel them into my house. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges. Compel them to come in that my house will be filled. Don't just tell them that there is a wedding and leave them there. How would they know where the thing is happening? Don't tell them that there is a feast. Hallelujah. Barnabas and then patients are marrying on 22nd. If you are not a member of this church and they send you the flyer and the flyer doesn't have address on. When you see, the first thing you'll be looking for, number one, where it, it, is it happening? Number two, the time. But here you are, you go out there, you don't tell them where. The master says you should come there. So now they become... You see, the reason why we got to bring them in, look at these two scriptures. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. In Luke 4, verse 13, Bible says that when the devil had ended his um, temptation, he departed from Jesus for a season. Listen, the devil doesn't stop. He only pauses. The de- hey, if the devil stops, like we'll be free. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know your great-great-grandfathers that started working against the devil before you came in. The de- Listen, the devil does not stop. He only pauses. That is why you... So sometimes, 
when you go out there, you overwhelm the devil, then he's immobilized. It is like, I think that the children used to watch something they call frozen or something. Then the, the person will be frozen for some time. And after some time, they come back to themselves. That is how they, when you go out there, the power you exhume, all of a sudden freezes the devil. But don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be fooled by the freezing of the devil. Because if you don't, the, the reason why the holy, the power of the Lord froze him is so that he can snatch that, that victim away and say, leave, leave, let's, let's go quickly before he comes back active. Now, you finish and you say, so find a Bible believing church and attend. And then you leave him there. By the time, listen, by the time the enemy unfreezes, the way he will beat him, hey, yeah, they nearly took you away. Oh. Now he grips you the more. Don't leave them there. Tell somebody, don't leave them dead. Yeah. The more, because, listen, assuming, assuming you have had a burglary attempt in your home, you will never have it in Jesus' name. But assuming somebody has had a burglary attempt in their home, the next morning, what do they do? They fortify all their windows. They fortify all their doors. How did this thief come here? They said this and this. The next moment, they'll go and get some uh, camera and put somewhere. Then they'll begin to do some things to let people know that now my eyes are open. You go, you preach to them. Now, the, the, the power of the enemy is frozen. They begin to cry. Oh, you have really talked to me. You have really talked to me. It's my life that you are talking about. Something is doing me. Don't let the thing do them there. Carry them home. And I'm talking about spiritual home, not your bedroom. God bless you, brother. I hear Papa say, let me carry them home. So can you join me home? The devil is a liar in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say me a believing amen. Number two. <laughs> because not all men have faith. <laughs> Number two. Why is discipleship important? You see, when we disciple people, they become effective citizens and ambassadors of Christ. Yes, they become effective citizens and ambassadors of Christ, knowing their rights and privileges in the kingdom. Knowing. Many people call themselves believers, but they don't even know what it means to be a believer. So you read in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. And he started by talking about the fact that if you are a believer, it is a profession. Dahlia, what is a profession? It is a profession. Look at that. He said, let us hold fast. It means grip it, grip it. Grip it with all your heart and with all your life. And what must I grip? Our profession, the profession of our faith without wavering. And then he's going to tell us how we can do that. He said, for his faithful that has promised us. Verse 24, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke. So, you see, I can't provoke. In other words, that word provoke means to encourage. To encourage, to help, to advance, to empower. Let us consider one another to empower unto love and to good works. How do we do that? Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. You see? So it is in the assembling of ourselves that we provoke each other to know our rights. To know our profession. You go into a company, there are many things you don't know. Wisdom demands that 
the people that are there, hey sister, how do I know, do this and that and that and that? It is a profession. It is a pro- and every profession pays. So the more you know, the more your power level increases. Without discipleship, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So don't say that, well, I'll worship online. There are things, listen, you can worship online when you are far away or outside. But then if you are in and around, because there is something that happens when we are in, in together. Praise the name of Jesus. In fact, do you know that food that you eat through your mouth is nicer than food that probably they inject into the body? Yeah. The taste. Thank you. You got the, the word for me. Somebody say taste. When you worship in how there is taste. There is taste. It is sweet. It is yummy. It is not yucky. It was my, my daughter Beulah that told me that way. I had never heard it. Over 40 years of my life, I didn't know what yucky is. I was feeding her. She said, no, yucky. I said, hey, what is yucky? And her mother said, it means that it is, she doesn't like it. It is not sweet. I said, sister, you eat it or oh, you eat it. Something that I provided for you, it is yucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are not serious. When you grow, you differentiate between yuckiness and then yumminess. But as long as you are under my roof, it is yummy for us. Praise the name of Jesus. So that they can be effective citizens and ambassadors of Christ. Knowing their kingdom rights and privileges. It is only through discipleship. It is only through discipleship. There's only through this. That is why I can look at you and say you will not die. Do you, you don't believe it, right? Yeah. But you will live to declare the word of the Lord. Yeah. This, listen, this one, it is not prophecy uh, strange. It is prophecy based on scriptures. It is your kingdom right. You only, you see, you only got to believe it. Praise the name of Jesus. Number three. Number three. Why must we disciple people? Why must we not leave them dead? Because it is through discipleship that they manifest the power and authority in the kingdom. Without discipleship, they cannot administer. Bible said that Jesus called his 12. Matthew chapter 10. And then verse number 1 and 2. If I verse number 1, Matthew 10 verse 1. When he had called unto him his 12 disciples, not all. You know, Jesus had the crowd. He had the congregation. And then he had the chosen. And in fact, he had the called. And then he had the chosen. Yeah. The chosen were 12. I said, so that they can manifest the power and authority in the kingdom. It is through discipleship that we can understand how to manifest the power and authority in the kingdom. In the kingdom. In the kingdom. You know, sometimes you hear testimonies and I apply the keys. Look at, look at um, uh, Kelly's powerful testimony. He said, mommy said, as we were praying, he said, apply the mantle. You can never know what is called a mantle outside, though. You know, if you know mantle, you might think it is some toma or something, something, something somewhere. Somebody say me a believing amen. Sometimes, some of the words, I don't know the English, so I use the Greek word. You know, hallelujah. Look at a scripture like Acts chapter 4, verse 19, 4, verse 13. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, 
It was only through discipleship. Bible said that now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, fishermen, and in those days, fishermen were not recognized. They were considered, uh, of course, not today. Because today, we, re- we really study fisheries in, in college. Hallelujah. So, it is not like those days. It is, it is empowered fishery. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those days, but in those days, if you were a fisherman, they consider you as, you know, yeah, at 12 years. At 12, that is why Jesus became a rabbi. At 12 years, they will gather all of you. And then, they will question you with the rabbis and then the rabbonis. Rabboni is a teacher of teachers. You know, a rabbi is a teacher, but a rabboni is a rabbi's rabbi. You understand it? Yeah. So they, now, now they, they will let you commune with the rabbis. Now, when you pass, then you go to the rabbonis. You begin, that was what Jesus, after three days, they came to meet him in the temple, communicating with the rabbis and the rabbonis. That is why Jesus became a rabbi. So at the age of 12, when you pass, then they now begin to train you to become a rabbi because they know that you are good. But if you fail, then they'll say that go and find some career, some profession. So that is how come Peter became a fisherman. (laughs) Uh, With all, listen, listen, respectfully, I'm speaking respectfully because today's fishery is not like that. (laughs) Hallelujah. And look at that. You, if you think I'm not saying the truth, look at that. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned. Do do you you see that? He said they were what? Unlearned and ignorant men. It means they were useless men. That is, in fact, that is the real meaning. They were, when they saw that they were useless men, they marveled. And then they took knowledge of them that they had been disciples of Jesus discipleship make ignorant men powerful men it make ignorant women powerful women you show up and the devil said hey there she comes let's let's deal with her and then you tell the devil not not again not again somebody say devil oh i can't hear say devil not again you're not touching my family again you're not touching my health again is somebody with me Say, devil, you're not touching my relationship again. You're not touching my children again. Hallelujah. It is only through discipleship. It is only through discipleship. In Matthew, in, 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 in Mark 16, and the verse 17 to 19, he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. So it is through believing and being nurtured. That these signs come upon us. Number four, right? Number four. Why must we do this? So that it is through discipleship that there is stability and flourishing of the believer. It's very important that you get all these points. It is, that is why we got to bring them in. It is through discipleship that we have stability and flourishing of the believer. In Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. So our makeup is in our followership. Follow me. Look at that. Very beautiful. He said unto them, follow me. No wonder fishermen followed him and he made them. Bible said that they took notice of them. That they have been with Jesus. And Bible said that when the act chapter 4, we didn't read the verse number 14. 
Bible said that they couldn't do anything. Look at that. And beholding the man which was healed, standing dead, they could say nothing against them. My goodness. They could say nothing. The enemy will never get an accusing, accusation against you. Say, I believe it. And say, I receive it. So Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. So when we bring them in, we, they, they, they are made up. They are, if you don't understand the word make up, ask a lady by your side. Follow me and I will make you. So the Lord makes us up when we follow him. In other words, when they make up, they cover a lot of things. Oh. In other words, when the Lord makes you up, he covers a lot of things. I tell you, he increases your beauty. He increases you. I'm talking about your spiritual beauty. You become beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody is being made up tonight. Your makeup kit has arrived. I said your spiritual makeup kit has arrived. Through the teaching tonight, the Lord is making somebody up. The Lord is making your health up. The Lord is making every area of your life up. Say makeup. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Psalm 92. Verse 13 to 15. Pastor Solomon. In Psalm 92 verse 13 to 15. The Lord said. Those that be planted. Not those that we spoke to and we left them there. We got to plant them. Those that be planted. It is those that be planted in the house of the Lord. Not when we left them there. That shall flourish. You see. In the court. Of our God. If you have a, a tree that is planted here. Today you remove it. You plant it here. Tomorrow you remove it. You plant it here. The next day you remove it. You will die. And if you uproot that tree too. And then you put it on the ground. It will also die. It got to be planted. So I said those that be planted. Bring them in that they will be planted. And how would they be planted? Through discipleship. General discipleship. Because you know. The reason why you must have personal discipleship is also because sometimes it is not everything that everybody will hear. Do you know that sometimes you are in the classroom, the teacher will teach, but there are certain things you may never remember. So when your colleague is now explaining to you, say, ah, but how did you know this one? He said, oh, but the, the lecturer, the professor said it in class. Really? Hey! Then I must have been sleeping. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So, personal discipleship reiterates the things that have been taught. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Lord, make me a disciple and help me to make disciples. Verse 14 and 15. In verse 14 and 15, they shall still bring forth fruit. You see, fruitfulness. In old age, they shall be fat and flourishing. You will not be physically fat, but you'll be spiritually fat. Say me a believing amen. If you are like me, if you are like me that want to be physically fat, receive it in Jesus' name. Yeah, because some of us, do you know how many times I've been praying that Lord add a little weight? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Lord, just add a little weight, small. Hallelujah. You see, that is why I say life, eh? What somebody is praying against, somebody is praying for. <laughs> <laughs> so don't condemn anybody. Hey, hallelujah. Number five. Is it number five? 
Yeah, number five. Why must we disciple? Why must we engage in discipleship as the second pillar of the Great Commission? So that the believer can be fully healed. They can be fully healed. I've already told you that everyone that you see out there has been bitten by the serpent. Bible says that Satan, when he was being thrown, the Lord referred to him as a serpent. Revelation chapter 12 verse 7. There was war in heaven. Satan could not fight it. And verse number 9. Look at verse number 9. Verse 9 says that, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent. So when he came, and a serpent always stinks, or they, they, they use their fangs. Okay? Now, so everybody that is not born again is carrying a venom of this serpent. But there is an anti-venom. And that anti-venom is the blood of Jesus. Ah, somebody didn't hear. Do you know? Do you know that the, the, the real anti-venom is made up of lamb's blood? Yeah. In life, real life, in medicine, in, you, you can go and check it. In real life, in real medicine, anti-venom, for snake bite is made up of the lamb of the blood of sheep the blood of lamb no wonder the lord said the the blood he said that the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world because the world has been bitten by that old serpent so when you see them out there they have been bitten they are about to be swollen and die but they need the anti-venom which is the blood of the lamb they need the anti-venom made up of the blood of the lamb so you bring them in then through discipleship the the, 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 the Lord begins to inoculate them one day, one shot two days, the second shot the next day, the second, after some time the person that everybody thought was going to die, they become good, no wonder Bible says that the madman of Gadaria when the people came he was in his right mind he was in his right mind because he has contacted the venom, the anti-venom through Jesus Christ. Anybody that you bring into the house of God, what you are doing is that you are introducing the anti-venom against their demise. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to do what you want me to do in Jesus' name. Praise the name of Jesus. They cannot be healed. Now, the man that took the good Samaritan, the story of the good Samaritan, why didn't the man leave, why didn't the Samaritan leave him there? Because he would have been dead again. He would have been dead again. You know, when you read Matthew, thank you, Holy Spirit. When you read Matthew chapter 12 and verse 44, look at what Jesus said about the devil. Start from verse number 42. 42 to 44. The queen, okay, 43 and 44. Sorry. Let me do 43 and 44. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he walks through dry places. I told you that Satan doesn't stop. He only pauses. He only pauses. That is why you must be continuous. Jesus said, these are they that have continued with me. Luke 22, 28. These are they that have continued with me. You got to continue because the devil doesn't break. The devil doesn't stop. If you break, it is a commercial break. It means that he wants to pursue somebody. But he will come back. So, Bible said that. Now, God, God bless you. Now, go back to. Then he said, I will return into my place. You see how he's referring to the unbeliever. So, here you went, you preached a very powerful message. 
you return with joy, Papa. My goodness, this week's so winning. Ooh. Ooh. It was sweet. Hallelujah. It was sweet. And then you left them there. Now, what is going to happen is that the devil will say, Hey, that day they evicted me on Sunday from where I came out. And then he said, Let me go back and check and see. Because you see, when you bring them in, they are surrounded by the, by the unction of the Lord. You know, Satan asked, G, uh, Satan asked God, he said, is Job not surrounded by you? Is he not, have you not put a hedge around him? So they come in, the Lord covers them with a hedge upon the church. Now, but you leave them there. So look at that. He said, once I came out, and when he, he comes, and he finds that place empty, eh? swept and garnished, verse 45 says that he now goes out. He said, brothers, I have a secret battle. This one, if you don't help me, I was nearly evicted from my home. Can you help me? Case one, case two, case three, case four, case five, case six, case seven. So let's say reinforcement. Yeah, so look at that. And they were now, uh, uh, he said, seven other spirits that are more wicked than him. Did you see that? Now they will enter in and dwell in and the last state of the man is worse than how it was before you even approached the person. You see, that is why when you see an unbeliever, help them. You see, they will not understand it, but help them. Tell them, do you want me to pick you up? Oh, I can do Uber for you. Don't say that, do Uber for you. Do you know how, how I became born again? I was walking three miles to go to church. You, you are blessed. You are just here. You can't drive and do everything to bring them in. John, thank you, Holy Spirit. John chapter 15 and verse number 16. Look at how our blessings come. John 15 verse 16. He said, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you and ordained you. I have empowered you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. Not just bring forth fruit. Look at the next statement. And that your fruit should. Your fruit should. Glory. Your fruit should do what? How can the fruit remain if you leave it outside? You went to do the harvesting of mangoes. When you finished plucking all the mangoes, you left it under the mango tree and you went home. They said, Bene, how was the farming? I plucked all the yellow mangoes on the tree. Where is it? I left it under the mango tree. We'll be like, no way. We need to carry her for deliverance. So when you go out, because when you do that, look at that. He said that your fruit should remain. We bring the fruit home. We wash it. We put it in the fridge. I give you my last scripture. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 47 to 49. Look at Matthew 13 verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. You see? That was cast into the sea. So we go out there, we cast the net. The net of the conviction power of the Holy Ghost. The net of the gospel, we cast it out. And then we gather, somebody say every kind. Uh That is why we don't segregate. We don't say that, oh, this church is a, a, a church for uh, only college students. You know, there are some places when you go, they do that. They say, oh, this, we are a group of these people. We, here, we are not a group. We are a group of all kinds. We are a group of all kinds. That is why in our last international service, we recorded 24 nationalities inside this house. 24, 24. And not visitors, people that are here. 24 different nationalities. That is why we have blacks, we have white, we have all green, pink, or everything, depending on your definition. Again, the kingdom of heaven 
is like unto a net. It was cast into the sea, gathered every kind. Now, when every kind has been gathered, then discipleship comes in. So this one is the going out. We go to gather every kind. Then verse 48 says that. Look at the next verse. Verse 48. Which, when it was full, when we go out, they now draw it to shore. They don't leave it inside the sea. They don't leave it in the sea of life. You got to draw it to the shore. Now you sit down. And then you begin to gather the good into vessels. And then you cast the bad away. You see, we begin to, in other words, we begin to help. Oh, this, this thing is good. But this thing is not good. You know, we begin to cast the bad away. So how do we cast the bad away? By increasing the good. By talking more about the good. That is when discipleship comes in. You see, don't let service time. You don't send any message to anybody. No. Meanwhile, you have spoken to somebody. You just text the person. Do you know how many people ever came to this house because of persistence? I can give you testimonies upon testimonies. One is sitting here. One is sitting over there. Persistence upon her. Persistence. Persistence. She's now a major soul winner. One day, Mama Comfort came. She's watching us all the way from Georgia. One day, Mama Comfort came. And then she was testifying. The, our prayer line. The recorder. You see, some of us, we are doing everything. It is not sweet. And it is not easy. The things that we do, sometimes we are sending broadcasts every now and You think it is sweet? It is not sweet. But we are trying to help so that everybody can be a soul winner. Now, the morning um, uh, uh, glory prayer, uh, Mama Grace used to be sending it to her. Now she'll be complaining. Ah, Every morning, this woman will be sending me this. Every morning, this woman will be sending me this. One day she said, I will listen and hear what this woman has been sending. She listened. She was like, hey! Mama Grace, how do I listen more? Then she said, go YouTube and check. Now, so they started checking. Holy Hill. His Holy Hill. His this. this Holy Hill. Plenty. Kept. Then he said, press. Then they'll press. Then they preach. He said, no, not this voice. He, 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 she had never seen me. But then, when she now, they, you were here when she testified. How many of you were here when she came from Georgia to testify? Now, she, they chanced upon our broadcast. I started preaching. She said, ah, that is that one. That is that one. That is the voice on the prayer line. Now, every morning she is one. Don't give up because of one uh, uh, um, rejection. Don't. Don't. You went. And then the person said, oh, no, I, you know, I don't do this. I don't do this. I keep on going. One day, they will give in. Say, keep on going. They will give in. I want you to close your eyes. Every service time. Sometimes it is just a flyer that you got to share. You may not do it. Don't be like, you know, the Pharisees. In the Pharisees, in the book of Luke 11, verse 52, Jesus said the Pharisees, they will not do it, but they will also not help others to also do it. If you will not do it, somebody may be doing it. You just share. Yeah, you just share. The Pharisees, ah, five days of prayer. Five, me, I won't do. I won't do. Hey, me, I won't do. Somebody may do it if the person sees it. The fact that you are not doing it doesn't mean that you shouldn't share it. I mean, I don't go to church this Sunday, so I won't even share the flyer. You share it, somebody may come. Don't be like the Pharisees. He said, I woe unto them. For they will not do it. They will also not open the door for others to go in. You just open the door for somebody. All that you can do is to use your Facebook, your TikTok. Use your Snapchat. You, whatever avenue you have, use it. 
and see what the Lord will do. See what the Lord will do. I want you to pray, Lord, make me a major disciple. Can you lift up your voice and pray? Make me a major disciple and use me to disciple others. Use me to disciple others. Lift up your voice and pray. Just that prayer. Lord, in the name of Jesus, every disciple follows. Lord, in the name of Jesus, make me a disciple of you. And use me to disciple others. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We honor you, Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. Bless us. Empower us. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. I have been blessed. I don't know about you, but I believe you have also been blessed. How many will invite people to church on Sunday? Yeah. Be a disciple. You may never know. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Right? I want us to be disciples with our seed. Can you put a giving powder on the line for us? Yeah. We want to sow into the ministry. The Bible says that the good Samaritan, he didn't just take the wounded man inside. But he did what? He left Pence. Yeah. And Pence was the greatest currency in those days. And he didn't leave one. He left two. So I want you to take your two pence. And when you are saying two pence, I'm thinking about two dollars. <laughs> Hallelujah. A church that does not win souls is only a dead church in a matter of time. Because this is our agenda. Praise the name of Jesus. So please look on the board. All of you online. Now look on the board. We give through tightly. We give through PayPal. We give through Cash App Zell Vinmo. Now the Cash App Zell Vinmo, which is most popular amongst people, is in the 7206456629. It is through discipleship that we know that if what you have in your hand is not good for a harvest, use it for a seed. It is only through discipleship. Hallelujah. Because in the world, they will tell you that hoarding will give you. But in the kingdom, discipleship will tell you that he that scatters. He that scatters. Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity of giving. Please bless our seed. The Bible says in John 12, 24, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground, except what we have falls to the ground and die, it will just be what we have. But when it falls to the ground and dies, it becomes more. Bless us through our giving. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. Amen. Now, please drop it with joy. Quickly remember that on Sunday, this Sunday is our last Sunday of officially going out. Even though in the course of the month, we will be going out every now and then at one point or the other. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah, so this Sunday, please come. Come. Even if you will not be able to go out, you just come. Let's fellowship together when we are done. Then you can go back home or to the office or wherever. But this Sunday, come. Because this is our last Sunday. Amen. Let's go. This is the greatest assignment of the church. Yeah. It's not a prophetic conference. It's not a healing and deliverance, whatever. Going out and bringing them and raising them to be agents of influence. Please share the communion. 
Praise the name of Jesus. That is the mandate of the church. And that is what makes us relevant before God. If we do that, we become relevant before God. We don't become relevant before God by so many things that the world looks at. Father, Jesus, blessed and mighty name, we bless the bread. Bible said that Jesus blessed the bread and broke it and he called it his body. We receive it for our healing and our recovery in Jesus' name. We bless the cup for our perfection. Let's eat and drink together. So that is the second pillar of the Great Commission. I'll do the third and fourth together next week, Wednesday. But please remember the five days of emergency prayers and fasting. Monday through Friday. Some of us may not even be eating. And if you are believing God for healing in your body, anything that has to do with your body, I want you to do a fruit fast. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that eat fruit throughout the day. No, I'm saying that when we break at 6 p.m., eat fruits. Amen. Hello. Before by the time we see you, 9 a.m., you are before a pot of fruit. What is happening? I'm doing a fruit fast. Papa said fruit fast. Let me explain well. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Grapes, non-acidic food, bananas, you know, watermelon, and all those things. Yeah. When we break at six, you eat some. Yeah. And then the following day, you continue. Let me see that devil that will stay in your body. The Lord bless you. Today's your first day. Can I say hi to you? If t- Today's your first day. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome them. Is it okay? Can I shake hands with you? Sir, please. Oh, my goodness. Holy Hill Chapel, Tennessee. Wow. My, sir, please stand so for my, my goodness. Jingle bells. That's powerful. What's your name? I'm Sam. Sam. Sam, who invited you? Max. Max. God bless you. That is a major soul winner over there. Wow. My goodness. And then you are? Brianna. Bray, hallelujah. Let's show some love to Sam and Bray, brothers and sisters. God bless you, Bray. God bless you, Sam. Now, what is going to happen is that right after the service, I'm going to see you. I got something for you. Okay, let me pray with you. Father, thank you for the life of Sam. And thank you for and thank you for the life of Brianna. I ask that your hand rest upon them. Let this be the beginning of a mighty journey. A journey of transformation as a result of the renewing of the mind. Plant them, O Lord, in-house and let them grow in you. And let their testimony become an earth-shaking, hell-shaking testimony. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name, amen. Pray. After service, I'll pray for you, for your, for your feet, okay? God bless you. Sam, God bless you. I'll see you right afterwards. And then, um, Minister Desiree, you take them in there and then we'll talk to them. Amen. Shall we be on our feet? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord empower you. Please remember Sunday is our last Sunday. And the service is at 9 a.m. Please come in in your dress down and let's go out together. Okay? Yeah. Our last Sunday. Don't miss out. Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. 
be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Let's take our prophetic declaration. With long life, full of prosperity and sound health, shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.